Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another edition. This episode is one that I will admit I'm not totally comfortable with doing, but I've decided to do it because after having spoken to a leader in the industry, and somebody who understands why these things work and why perhaps it's important to do these things. I have decided to take the plunge and do it. And the reason that I haven't been 100% or anywhere near that comfortable with doing it is because this episode is a little bit about me and what I want to ensure because it's how I am about things, it's how I feel about things, is I want to want you to understand that I'm s- certainly not doing this episode to talk about myself so that you have an opinion about me. The reason I am doing this episode is because I believe that just as with anybody else, if we care to take a look back and care to sit down and look where we've been, we can see life lessons and we take a review of where we've been. It often helps us going forward, which is essentially what it's all about. And this this podcast is all about sharing knowledge, information and insight. So I'm going to use myself as the guinea pig and I'm going to present you with some life lessons that I think may be able to help you on your journey. And if you're considerably younger than me, which there's a good chance that you are, then if you come across certain situations, you may empathize with it and think, yeah, I recognize that and I can understand that. And yeah, maybe that that's a good thing. And maybe, no, that's not such a good thing. Maybe you'll get one thing out of it, which is all I hope for. So it's a little bit about my journey so that you can see where perhaps I've been, not so that you can think, wow, hasn't he done well? It's entirely to do with you thinking, well, yeah, I re- relate to that and that can help me. So when I was young, um, just like many, 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 many young young boys, I was completely obsessed with, with my sport, with the beautiful game in particular. And anybody who looked at my website will understand that football was all I really cared about so much that my school teachers used to say to my parents, wow. Does he ever talk about anything else? Does he have to bring the football to school? And when we ask him to write an essay, does he always have to write about football? And that certainly wasn't going to be changed. It was something that was within me. You know, I used to write the score of my favourite teams on my arm and I'd I'd relive and repurpose goals that I'd seen on Star Soccer and things like that. And as soon as, as I was allowed, I went to games with my dad and then I went on my own, etc., etc. So football and certainly sport 
was an absolutely fundamental building block in my life. And one of the things I wanted to be was a pro footballer like many young boys. And to cut a long story short, I put everything I could into it. I used to train early in the mornings myself. And without blowing my own trumpet, I certainly recognised that that helped me and I got a lot better at what I did and the way that I played and it helped me enormously. And I got to the stage where I played and trained with a professional youth team, but that was as far as I got. I uh, succumbed to the education route because of various things that happened. And I have to say that at the time, it felt quite heartbreaking. It it felt like 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 your world has ended. I recognise that, and I remember being in tears at one point because. I felt that all I wanted to do was to play professional football. And if I couldn't do that, I didn't really want to do anything else. Um, and when I look back now, one thing I can say with with honesty is that I gave it everything I could. And I don't actually, and one thing is for certain is we don't get get given in life everything we want. And... There is life after the darkness, isn't there? We've all suffered what we think is the end of the world, whether that's a boyfriend or a girlfriend deciding that we're not the, the one anymore or wanting a dream and an ambition and spending many, many months and years working towards it and it, and it, and it evaporating before us. Life is like that. And one of, the, one of the absolute certainties in life, as well as paying taxes, is that we have to deal with disappointment. And the golden thread for me when I look back from all those, all that is that I wouldn't be the coach I am today if I hadn't had to work so hard at being a better player. Because I read what I could of the books that were available those days. I practiced, I came back, I asked people and I did study the game as best as I could even as a kid. And I strongly believe that all that, those thought processes and have had a real positive effect on how I, how I am as a person and how I am as a coach. And that has been, if you like, the, the benefit of, of going through that process. And then I decided with a lot of help to become a chartered physiotherapist and essentially it was still with the ulterior motive of one day wanting to work in pro football. And I got my qualification and then spent what seemed like months and months and months and years and years and years doing evening work at sports clubs in dark, dimly lit rooms with youth players coming in, being brought in by the parents um, by the coaches to have treatment and me getting home late at night, um, all for, you know, probably the princely sum of uh, five pounds. And I remember thinking, wow, I've earned five pounds tonight and that that's a great start. I'm actually getting paid for doing something. And that was the the crux of, of how I learnt my trade, really. And what sometimes people people say to me, oh, how, how, how do you get to the top in in that and how do you get a good job if I can use that that term in in this profession um 
And sometimes these people who ask are, you know, just out of college or just qualified. And ultimately what I say is you just got to go down and you've got to do the dirty work. You've got to get out there and you've got to grind and you've got to get on the plateau and you've got to get on the treadmill and you've got to do some hours. And what I'm not saying is it's all struggle, 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 struggle and no joy. However, you ask any successful author or anybody who's successful at what they do and they will tell you they have to do the grind. And for some people, the, the grind is a little bit longer and for, for other people, it's a little bit shorter. But certainly you will not or you are very unlikely to be handed a gold pig and say, there you are, there's your dream job and your dream salary and your dream pot plant and office and here's your car and your keys to go with it and everything is going to be swimming for the rest of your life. You have to put some time in and follow your heart and do some things that get you to where it is you you want to be. So you have to get on that plateau and aim to master something even that and that mastery process may be or is certainly likely to be different things for different people. So it is a dangerous thing to compare yourself with anybody else. The next lesson for me is along that line and, and runs parallel to that. And it's something I've already mentioned. It's about being a student. And one thing I am proud to say is that I have, I, I have always tried to be a student of life and a student of the game. And I've always tried to study um, it's not so much a question of trying, it's I've always studied and it's not so much again of studying books, it's it's a question of I've always wanted to know how things work and wanted to know why and, and been inquisitive and being a student is something that, that just kind of came naturally and I believe strongly that the more of a student you are, the more questions you ask, the more you look into things, the deeper you go, the better your knowledge will be and the more doors will be open to you. And it's the, the, the seeming arrival at the top of the, the mountain where you believe you now know it, you have arrived, which can happen when we get a little bit of success that is often the danger point and the beginning of the slippery slope to adversity. And many of us will have suffered that at certain times. And I've certainly been a victim of thinking I know I know this, I know it inside out, I know exactly what's going to happen here, wham. And I can definitely recognize that as a now, recognize it as a sign of a warning sign to think, just hang on a minute. I think it was, I don't know whether it was Einstein quoted as, as saying this, but it was quoted by Wayne Dyer. I think he may have been quoting Einstein saying, none of us know enough to be a pessimist, which essentially is saying, we we know a lot, but actually we know very, very little. And it is the unknown forces of the universe of life that will teach us the lesson um, despite us doing our best. So being in a student mode is a great way to be. There was a period after this that I kind of fell out of love with what I was doing. Um through various various personal circumstances. Often I look back and I don't tend to look back and 
mull over it anymore, but there were dark periods um, personally where things overtook me and circumstances were such on a personal basis that I struggled to, I just fell out of love with what I was doing. Um, I was focused on other things, couldn't, couldn't find my way, felt lost and made some decisions when I look back now that they were the right decisions at the time because I made them and, I, and I've got no regrets about the decisions. I certainly haven't, but um, I certainly lost my way. And I don't look back and regret losing my way. Blimey, the, it, the person I am today as a result of the journey I took and the journeys and the pathways that I've taken. But the lesson for me is it's okay. It's all okay. It's okay to lose your way. In fact, a lot of people will say, you never lose your way. You're just going down a different path, taking lessons in that you need to learn. And the other thing I recognize when I look back is I did go down similar paths time and time and time again, because there, how many of us recognize that where, what do they say? Different places, different faces, but the same thing. It's essentially life teaching us that we are, we have a vibrational track that we're on. And unless we change that track, we will keep getting the same experience time and time again until we change the way we are and our experience will then be different. And I certainly recognize that. But it's all okay. What I didn't do necessarily was give up or I allowed my dream to to come back again or it came back of its own accord if you like so listen it's okay we're not we're not machines and we're not calibrated to operate at a 10 out of 10 all the time we may actually have a naught out of 10 period in our lives so listen it's all okay and we need to give ourselves a break so that's why i learned from that and then i got a couple of jobs in football um one of them was with chester city who were in the league then and wow it was a baptism of fire. I was young, I was naive, and I was thrown in at the deep end, and I was all things to all people at the club, and I absolutely loved it. It was a fantastic, although short, period of time. I was doing what I wanted to do. I'd got the club gear. I'd got my first or second car, and it was part-time, but... I was involved, I was doing exactly what I loved and, you know, I, I was so naive when I think about it, but I was out there on the pitch, I, I was working with players, I was working on fitness, I was working on techniques, I was working on rehabilitation and I was working with, with people who were professional in their sport and I was getting paid for it and I absolutely loved it, albeit that it was evenings, weekends, all the hours that the Lord sent. Um, it was a baptism of fire, but I didn't go under. And I think that's the key thing is that you you just stick at it and you just do, do what you can. And from there, I moved on to another football club, which actually turned out to be my hometown club. And, um, you know, to work for a club that you've supported all your life, as a boy and actually be out on that hallowed turf working with, with, with the players and, and knowing all the supporters and having a family that supported, supported the club, etc., etc., was a great thing. 
and something that I'm eternally grateful for. The learning experience in that was that it was a, 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 there was a lot of turmoil at the time. It was a tumultuous time at the club and circumstances were such that financially the club couldn't pay well and I was working on my own essentially apart from some part-time help and I was overwhelmed a lot of the time. I was massively overwhelmed. The responsibilities were enormous, but I had carte blanche essentially to do what I wanted to do. I didn't realize it at the time. I was just doing my best, but I got on with it and it was stressful when I look back. But I, I, there wasn't a day when I would have actually quit that job, although I had to have strong conversations with a lot of people and I had a lot of challenges and I had to stand up for myself an awful lot and I felt frightened and I felt overworked. But it was it was when I look back, I learned to deal with a multifaceted situation. And when I left that environment, when the contract ended and went to work in another environment, the people I were working with in this new environment were saying, oh, I feel so stressed, I feel so worried, I feel overwhelmed. And I couldn't believe what was concerning them. I suppose it's a little bit like living in a country where you are in temperatures of zero and minus one, two, three, four, five. And then people who live in a climate where it's maybe not boiling hot, but it's just, you know, a temperate climate, um, saying how cold it is and to you it's actually really warm because you're used to the the freezing temperatures so your your adversity is uh, of a different caliber if you like your experiences of a different nature than theirs but that that certainly was the case for me and I look back with fond memories of that because of how it prepared me being able to to look after 11 different players with 11 different injuries and produce game plans for all of them as best as I could. And as best as you can as one person being able to deal with that. So, you know, no matter what, the lesson from that, folks, is no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what the situation, you do have the ability to deal with it. Now, please don't think I'm never saying that to change your environment or to change your situation is a bad thing. I'm certainly not saying that. What I'm saying is, is be grateful although it's difficult at the time for the contrasting experience that you are going through. And if you have the capacity, you can use it as a learning experience, which will be a plateau and a stage to move on to the next part of your life. From there, after that, um, I kind of went to a wilderness period, really, where... Yeah, I was kind of, I suppose it, was a, it wasn't necessarily a second period in the wilderness, but it felt like being in a wilderness because I'd been working in an environment that I wanted to work in and I was no longer in that environment. And it's easy to feel lost. It's easy to wonder how, because it's so, ask anybody who's, you know, and this is related to the world of professional football, which is not real life, but ask anybody. One day you can be working in, somewhere that you love, somewhere that you're happy and somewhere that you are responsible and the next day you can be ended. Your contract is no longer in existence. Your phone doesn't ring and you may be wondering where your next paycheck is coming from. And that wilderness is is easy to 
get down about and it's natural and normal. But again, it's one of those things that, you know, if you keep taking a step forward, you may have to have a an attitude of, well, you know, what, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to get anxious about this. I'm not going to chase frantically around because I do see a lot of people who who chase frantically after certain things just because it's a desperation to work in a certain industry. And that's never been never been the case for myself. And please don't think I'm criticizing anybody who's who's done that. But desperation and anxiety are not pleasant things in, in my own personal book. And I think we have to all accept where we are in life just temporarily as part of the success process to move on. Then I moved to another another arena, which was um, working in the Premier League with a big club. And, you know, that came out of the blue, really. And working at Everton Football Club was an absolutely fantastic experience. Again, it was, it was challenging in so many ways, but it was different. And the, because the challenges were different, the pressures were different, the personalities were different and the circumstances were different, but it had its challenges and it had its stresses in it in its own way. But one, what I learned from that more than anything else was that it's absolutely vital outside of your work to have external support systems in place that will allow you to be if I can use the word successful, allow you to do what it is you need to do. It's taken me a long time in life to value properly the external support systems that friends and family give. And just like a lot of you guys out there and ladies out there, some of you may be recognize this and you were brought up to be independent and get up and go and make things happen and do things and be proactive and work and work and work and work and creating solid lasting relationships was not something that I was guided towards essentially but one thing I have learned in life and when I look back at that specific period I do wonder how much more successful the time or how different the time would have been had I been able to facilitate better supportive relationships and utilize those relationships to support myself, if you like, through that period of time. So my message there is no man is an island. Do not ever think that you can do anything alone, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a husband, a wife, a brother, a sister, a son, a friend, or a multitude of all those, utilize those relationships and embrace them and give them time because they are absolutely vital. And when the shell, if you like, or all the frail things of life pass, those things will still be there to sustain you. Now, I came to another another point my next point really is about something that I've talked quite a lot about in podcast episodes. And that thing is about finding yourself and doing what you love. I have had some absolutely fantastic experiences, stories and experiences that, that I 
you know, I could sit here for hours on end talking about human relationships and things that have occurred in my in my career. But one thing that I I did was I I always had this yearning within me to actually be more than a physical therapist. Rehabilitation is part of a medical team. I wanted to embrace the technical and tactical side of the game. I wanted to be that coach. And as a uh, a teenager, I coached. Um, I gained my first FA coaching badge, my prelim badge as a teenager. And I absolutely loved it. And all through my therapy career, I held on, if you like, to that technical, tactical coaching thing by doing my own study and, and where possible doing some coaching. And certainly when my when my son was a, was of age and he was an absolutely passionate young man about football, I coached and helped him along. And so I kind of kept that thread going. But after a certain amount of achievement in a certain facet of my life, the medical side of the game, I decided to really focus on the on the coaching management and the te- technical tactical side of the game and focus educationally on that. And the joy I have had from that has been absolutely astounding, really. So the message for me is, you know, make sure in life that you follow your heart, you follow your passion and you do what it is you want to do because it's a long old ride doing something that is not floating your boat. You know, life's not always about roses and and nights out and uh, champagne because no matter what road you're on, there will be contrasts and there will be challenges. But you know deep down whether what you're doing floats your boat. And if it doesn't, you may not be able to make a 180-degree return right now, but if you can start the thought processes and work towards that, then I consider that to be a success. So make sure you're following your heart. That's the next message. And yeah, it's about being yourself. And that leads me on to kind of the, the last couple, really. Um, the last couple of, of learning experiences, which is about when I look back that the journey itself is what it's about. And I think, you know, I've certainly being one of those people who've wanted to get to this level and want want to get to that level and wanted to achieve this and wanted to, to get to there. And when I look back, yes, it's great to tick that box and it's great to tick that box and it's great to tick that box. But one thing that I've often done is sacrifice the joy of the day to get to point B. So I've not smelt the roses, not been present enough at certain times of life and that focus on, okay, it'll be great tomorrow when this happens, or it'll be great next week when we get that and we'll pay the price for this. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that in essence, but I do think there's a balance. And I think the quickest way to point B is to be more present and to embrace what's happening in the present and recognize what's happening in the present and love what is happening now and that is the quickest route to where it is you you want to be and it doesn't sound it sounds a bit strange if you like but the, one of the big learning things for me has been 
to be more present and to embrace what's happening now and not to be overly concerned about rushing through this and rushing through that and rushing through that to get to point B because that is not where it's at. The the joy is in the now. And by being in the joy in the now, you will get to the next stage as quickly as possible, if that's the right way to say it. Um, and finally, the lesson for me has that I want to leave you with is believe in yourself. I was always taught to be humble, always taught to that being above your station. And as my nan used to say, don't brag is something that I've never found comfortable and never found attractive in other people. And I have to say that that has been a little bit of an influence in my life where I've kind of thought, well, no, you can't blow your own trumpet. You can't do this and you can't do that. Well, I think just like some of my heroes, like Shanks, who had that indomitable self-belief and the late, great Brian Clough, who ultimately may have been or may be the greatest self-believer that the game has ever produced. He certainly was one of the greatest characters. And alongside those two, again, the late, great Muhammad Ali, sportsman of the century, who correctly predicted the round that he would defeat his opponents in 19 out of 20 predictions, according to one source. You know, I am the greatest, the greatest self-believer that the sport has has, um, portrayed, if you like, or has has ever known, if you want to believe in that. But yeah, self-belief and understand that you have everything within you to achieve what it is you want to achieve if you are prepared to, to do, you know, to do what you need to do to get there. And having self-belief is something that I think is absolutely paramount and not pedestalizing people too much. You know, there's some great people to follow. We've all got in our own industries icons who appear out of reach and who appear to be absolute geniuses and masters of their art, no matter what sphere of life. And there's nothing wrong in looking up to those people. In fact, there's everything right about looking up to them. And and as Anthony Robbins will tell you to take some of their successful characteristics and to utilize them and to practice them and to copy them, if you like, without becoming a textbook copy of that person, because it's absolutely fundamental that you are you and you are uniquely you and you do not put yourself down and put yourself under anybody else. Yes, somebody else may have achieved more. Somebody may be on a different journey than you, but you can have that ultimate self-belief in you that you can go out and you can be the very, very, very best version of you and that nobody like you has been in existence before. And I don't know if they ever will because I'm not that wise, but you know, you are unique and whatever it is, you can become the very best version of you that it's possible to be. And the more self-belief you have, the the better that your chances of success will be.
So I don't know if that those few points helping help you. Um, you know, the points about using things as a learning experience, the point about getting on a plateau and having to do a little bit of grind on the plateau. Number three of always being a student of life because you can always take something out of the learning experience. Feeling okay about flat times and disappointments and falling out of love with things sometimes. Being okay with a little bit of pressure and a little bit of stress and a little bit of a baptism, if you like, and understanding that no man is an island and that we are all in need of valuable support systems from whomever and wherever. And finally, having that belief in yourself because without that self-belief, then things are going to be a struggle and making sure that you're doing what it is that floats your boat, the thing that makes your heart sing and the thing that you know that you kind of feel. When you're doing it, you feel like that is what you were put here to do. Well, I hope that's helped you. I hope there's a few life lessons there. Um, I hope that uh, some of the experiences that I've had and some of the lessons that have come out of that maybe will uh, will you know, you'll empathize with and will help you a little bit on your journey. Listen, it's always great to have you. It's uh, something that, um, you know, I don't take for granted and I appreciate your time very much. Bob Riles, leader, manager, coach. Catch you later. Bye-bye.